This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Stephen Schwartz, we continue the conversation on composing, collaboration, the value of individual words, empathy, and of course, wicked. So I hope you enjoy this part two with Stephen Schwartz. When it comes to composing and, and writing, do you have a preference over collaborating or, or working at it by yourself? They're very different experiences, and sure. I like them both. I think I learn a lot when I work with somebody else, um, just because you're um, you're forced to sort of um, work within somebody else's parameters as well as your own. Um, so I, I've learned a lot from my many collaborations with Alan Menken, or as I said, with Charles, or when I worked with Leonard Bernstein. Um, but there is something about working on one's own and doing both music and lyrics that is very freeing and and allows you to go places that it's I, I feel less constrained, I guess, when I'm just working by myself. Um, I always will be working with a book writer. That's not what I do, and I wouldn't be very good at it. Um, and so it's um, very helpful for me to have a collaborator who helps me to understand the characters and how they speak and who, who they are, et cetera. Mm. Uh, I wouldn't want to do something. I, and nor, I, I don't think I would be able to do something like Hamilton or The Music Man or something where I wrote a um, book as well as music and lyrics. Mm. When you're working by yourself on your own at what point do you try any of this material out in front of someone else and how or do you just know you're like that may work that'll definitely work that i'm not so sure about what is that you know getting a, a feel from the room or from other collaborators or the book writer well there's first of all it's always a leap um you know i actually i won't say always every now and then I'm really confident and I feel, oh, okay, I, I really know what this is. But a lot of times it's just taking a flyer and thinking like, well, the, the, okay, I'll just, I'll try this. Maybe this is the musical style. Maybe this is the, um, the, the way this starts, et cetera. Um, and then I very quickly will run it by uh, my collaborators. Hmm. And usually I, I'll discuss the title that I think I'm going to use uh, for something before I even begin with the collaborators. And, and we've really talked about the, um, what's, what's the assignment? What's the song trying to accomplish? Mm. What's the motivation of the character or characters, et cetera. Sure. I mean, we've really talked about it from dramaturgical, uh, from a dramaturgical point of view before I undertake it. Mm. Um, yeah. And then the rest of it is just sort of taking a leap and, Sometimes it works and sometimes not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you're writing, when you're composing a song, how, how often is it in your, just in your head? Like you can just, you see it and you just got to get to an instrument to play it out versus discovering it all at, you know, the piano say, or in the middle of the night, just waking up and something comes to you. Pieces of it can come a specific line or two, or maybe a, beat or a feel um 
and then yeah i i will have to like send myself a little email or voice memo in the night mm -hmm. so that i because i always think i'm going to remember and then of course i don't um right. but but basically then um you know putting in the hours is usually required to get to the piano and get with my you know various pads of paper and jotting things down etc um for me very very rarely does a song emerge kind of fully formed but usually it's in little bursts and through writing uh and conveying emotion <laughs> through lyrics and music how has that affect your affected your communication how has that made you better at communicating um, that's a good question. I, I, I'm not sure it has, hmm. um, except that it makes me care. Well, uh, uh, let me take that back. I think of course, writing lyrics makes you very careful about language mm -hmm. and makes you realize the value of individual words and trying to be accurate and specific as to what you're trying to communicate. And that can translate into communication just on a personal level. Hmm. Yeah, that, yes, words have a lot of weight. And I think <laughs> the more we realize that, <laughs> the more effective we can all be at, at hearing, yeah. hearing each other, you know. Um, do you ever get stuck? And if so, how do you get unstuck? Um, sure, of course. Uh, I think everybody gets stuck. Um, the way to get unstuck is to allow oneself to do bad work, to not be, um, hmm. n not be judgmental too early on in the process. Um, I was once working on, I think it was a song for Hunchback of Notre Dame and I kept, uh, re I, I was just not really getting anywhere. And I had a conversation with a writer friend of mine. His name is John Bikino, who's an extremely talented songwriter. And I was kind of whining to him about the difficulty I was having. And he said, oh, well, that's because you're being the editor too soon. Hmm. And I realized that when one writes, one is actually changing hats constantly between being the writer who just gushes out raw material mm. and the editor who makes choices as to what actually is maybe viable or good and what should be rejected. And if the editor shows up too early in the process, that's when you get stuck. Mm. So I find I just have to allow myself to do um, not good work, you know, just to put something out there and then you, one can build on it. Um, I have a friend who's a screenwriter who always um, titles his, the when he's first doing a screenplay the first time through, he titles it shitty first draft. <laughs> so he allows himself not to, for it not to be any good. Yeah. And that gives him the license to, to write something that he can then improve. Yeah, that it's so key. You're bringing up such a good point, especially with creativity. You have to have such a soft focus. You got to let it just flow. It's got to, if something has to come out, you have to be open for everything and then you can create a structure to it. I think that, you know, many art forms, it's like that. 
Yeah. Um, you know, ultimately, of course, a lot of editing and judgment and choosing comes into play, but and and that's a very important part of the process. But one can't allow that to inhibit the creative flow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And in your life, have you found a balance between letting things happen and making things happen? Uh, I'm not so good at letting things happen. <laughs> I, I still tend to be a bit of a control freak, but I'm, I am trying to get better at that. I yeah. think I have improved, yeah. but I, I, I can't in all honesty say that I found a balance. Okay. Okay. I'd be remiss if I did not ask how you felt to date about the Wicked film. I, I don't want you to share anything you can't share. Obviously, that's not allowed. But I am curious, is there, are, you being, are you finding ways to fix things that you wish you had touched earlier on? Or is it it's a par for the course and it's smooth sailing in a great way? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, um, you know, finding ways to fix things. Are you talking about fixing things in the movie that we wish we'd fixed for the show? Yeah, if there's anything that you had discovered from the show that you wanted to adjust, enhance, well, um, the movie is a movie is just different. It it's is. it's a different medium, and so it's not so much a matter of fixing the show as retelling the story for this medium. Mm -hmm. um, we've been able to make some fixes in the show just because it's been running so long, and so you know, for instance, when we did the London production, um, we made some changes that we thought were improvements over what we had done originally on Broadway. And then we put them back into the Broadway show and have, have done them that way from now on. Mm. Um, but yeah, the movie is just, it's its own animal, mm -hmm. um, so to speak. And I'm, I've just been having a great deal of fun. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, I've seen almost no actual filming and very, very little footage. I've, I've seen about a minute of a sizzle reel <laughs> And that's it. Um, mostly what I've been doing when I've been over in London is doing the recording. So I feel very, very good about how it's going to sound and the performances that um, we're getting from the, um, you know, the, the, the various actors, etc. Um, it's interesting, though, what, what we're doing is, of course, everything is pre-recorded, um, but then we have such good singers in the cast that when they shoot, in addition to um, doing some lip syncing to the pre-record, they also do a lot of live takes. And um, from an engineering point of view, the people responsible for the sound are trying to be very careful so we can go back and forth between what's pre-recorded if we need to and the live takes where we can use them. Hmm. But um, what I've heard, I think, is pretty great um you know ariana and cynthia are amazing singers but everybody's singing for him and herself and yeah. doing a really good job and the other thing i've been i i've done is i've seen some of the sets yeah. which are astounding and the amount of detail that the art director and the, all the the people the, the people who make the props mm -hmm. it's unbelievable the the detail and the amount of thought things that are never going to show up on camera that maybe the camera will quickly go panning past 
um, are so well thought out and so beautifully made and designed. It's, it really is mind boggling to, to be on these sets. That's incredibly exciting. Uh, Can't wait to see it (laughs) and hear it. (laughs) Me Me too. All of this, all of the stories that you've told, all the music you've written, I feel like it's done so it's done so much for me and for so many of the fans it's educated. It's opened minds. People have grown. You've you're leaving the world better than you found it. So I want to take the time on record. I want to say thank you. Well, thank you for saying that. That's obviously extremely meaningful to me to hear. And I, I mean it really. Thank you for doing that. I'm, I'm curious. Is there anything you haven't done yet that you want to get into? (laughs) Do you want to write music for something that you haven't been able to yet? Um, yeah, a, a few things. I'm, I have talked from time to time and am doing so right now with choreographers um, because I like things that are pure dance. Uh, I won't call them ballets because I think that has a very sort of specific classical connotation of, you know, tutus and girls on point, etc. cetera. Sure. Um, but um, the idea of doing something for pure dance is um, very interesting to me. And um, yeah, I, you know, I like writing choral music and I've been doing a bit of that lately. Uh, and that's, that's enjoyable. I think I might be getting a little better at it as I do it more. Um, yeah, I think that the, those two areas are, are ones that are underexplored for me. Hmm. In, in your life, if you view it this way, how do you view your achievements versus being fulfilled? Um, I feel very fulfilled. I feel I've been incredibly lucky that I decided that this was what I wanted to do when I was seven years old. And now it's decades and decades later, and I still get to do this. And, um, you know, people hire me and people pay me. Um, and it, it's very, um, it continues to be really exciting and interesting. Um, I think I became especially grateful uh, a new or maybe for uh, in some ways for the first time because of the pandemic, mm-hmm. when suddenly we couldn't do this work. Um, and there, the whole kind of collaborative experience that is doing musical theater was taken away. Yeah. Um, so that now I feel much less sort of result oriented and much more um, just enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I always gave lip service to that, but I think I actually mean it more now. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I feel very lucky that I got to do this and I still get to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's made every moment so much more meaningful through the pandemic to just enjoy like how great, how lucky we are. (laughs) We're alive. Exactly. We're creating art. Things we used to take for granted, you realize can actually be taken away. Yeah, that's so true. I, uh, I'm curious, as we wrap it up here, metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Um, well, when you ask that question, the word that pops into my head is empathy. Um, because I think that is what is greatly lacking in our 
um, in the way we deal with one another. I mean, it goes all the way back to Godspell and this guy who said, always treat others as you would have them treat you. And if everybody would just do that, nothing else, just do that. Really, truly, truly do it, though. Mm. We would live in a much, much better world than we do right now. Mm. That's so that's so true. And I so appreciate you taking this time to answer these questions with me on the show. Well, they were cool. They were different questions than I usually get asked. So thank you. Better than asking what your favorite color is, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which than... comes first. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. I so appreciate it. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before we end it today? Not, not especially. I, I'm. Uh, this was fun, and um, I appreciate your interest. People of the world, Stephen Schwartz. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another curiosity conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening. <laughs>